0: All right, our lesson today is for our rebel heart is going to be on Psalms ninety-seven, eleven. So, Carol, can you read that scripture for us? Light
1: is sown like seed, for the righteous and illuminates their path, and irrepressible joy is spread for the upright in heart, who delight in his favor and protection.
0: Oh, I like that. What version is that?
1: new international version. NIV.
0: NIV. Well, I wrote it out in the Amplified as well. The Amplified says light is sown for the uncompromising righteous and strewn along the pathway, their pathway and joy for the upright in heart, the irrepressible joy, which comes from consciousness of his favor and protection. Do you guys have something else Or is it pretty much
2: Mine makes it just kind of simple. Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart.
0: Yeah, that's what I wrote down to begin with. And then I looked at it and amplified. Carla, what do you have? Anything different? Mine's pretty direct also. Light dawns for the righteous, gladness for the upright in heart. Okay. So the word that I really kind of focused on was the word righteous. Righteous. is there other things you guys observed in that? If we go through our um, soap structure, so an observation, what were the words you came up with?
2: Well, when I was looking at looking at it, you would think right at first that righteous means that that you're going to be good enough, that you're doing what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. If you look at it by like the world standard, it actually tells you that you're doing the next <coughs> right thing. But in looking more so, it said righteousness is not anything to have to do with us. It's a position that when Jesus died on the cross, that he became our righteousness. And that if we have a right fellowship with God, then that's how we have our righteousness.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, I like that. I, I pulled up, you know, I looked at the dictionary Because you know Webster, he probably knows something too. And mine said, acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. That was what righteous was. And then I like to look at antonyms. So the antonyms for that were corrupt, (coughs) dishonest, immoral, unethical, unjust, vulgar, bad, and unfair. Which I said, hello, that's what we're looking like today in this world. But you know what, I'm sure like 200, 300 years ago they were feeling like that too even back when jesus was walking the earth i'm sure that that it, there was parts of the world at that time that looked like that anyone else did you pick up any other words stood out at you
2: well alongside that righteousness i also saw that it says a human purchase, a human's human person is not righteous in god's eyes because of his choices commitment or his good work um it's again that uh we're treated as if we were there that it was um the work at the cross that jesus
0: did that's right so you really focused on the word righteous and that's where i focused as well was on the word righteous what about the rest of you did you pick up any other words illuminates illuminates is good the word lights up in us
1: so if you have the word a strong foundation in the word it's going to light your path.
0: Yeah it, yeah, it does say that. Light dawns for the righteous. Or like the Amplified says, um, it's strewn along their pathway. And so it makes me think that there's like a light on the pathway. And, well,
2: he, and if we talk about it with what Carol said, um, light is, who is our light? It's Jesus is the light. Mm-hmm. The Word tells us that Jesus... Came and got care, took care of the darkness.
0: Any other words? Great joy, joy, another one, and irrepressible joy. That's what it is. The most wonderful joy in the whole wide world. Yeah, can't you can't contain the joy? Yep. So other things, like I said, I really seem to focus in on the word righteous. And I looked at, um, there was an article in Psychology Today, and it talked about that morality, or if we look at righteousness, like the world talks about, that it's a culturally conditioned response. So probably why? we're seeing a world that is moving further and further away from a, from biblical truths, because if we're looking at what is a culturally conditioned response, the whole picture of righteousness gets a way different meaning. Does that make sense, what I'm saying?
2: <coughs> no, say that again.
0: So righteousness <laughs> takes on a different meaning depending on... Um, So if the world is saying, well, this is righteous, you know, this kind of living is a righteous living. It's open, you know, love is love and it can involve all kinds of things, you know, but that's not what the Bible says righteousness is. And so the further our world gets away from God's standard, the more I think we're going to see that it is more of a culturally conditioned response we're not gonna see eye to eye with the world on what righteousness is, which made me think about, and that's where we get that rebel heart. When we can rebel against what the world is saying and focus on what God is saying, then they see us more as a um, having that rebellious heart. Exactly, Because God is clear on what righteousness is. Ladies, can you turn your phones off, please? Yes. <laughs> one of the things I saw too was the word path. And when I
1: started looking up that word path, um one of the things it said was that that he, that God gives you a path. And that's in the Bible. And that that light that path is that light of the Bible. And um And one of the things I read, it was actually in a song. It says, what more can he say than to you he has said. And if you have that firm foundation, firmer foundation for the soul to build upon. So that gives you that that ability to become righteous. That gives you that, that ability to become joyful. If you have that path right laid in front of you. Can you
2: say that firmer foundation part again?
1: Firmer foundation firmer foundation for the soul to build upon
0: well and and, and i think what Cora says too about the whole righteous piece is we by ourselves are not righteous we take on the righteousness of jesus although there there are many verses in the bible that talk about um, being able to be right in the lord's eyes um, and it talks about righteousness. So I do think that we can, when we look at the application piece, which is the next part that we're going to look at is application. Um, I think that that there are places that we can apply righteousness. So I kind of, for me, when I was looking at it, I broke it down into four areas. Um, the first one being righteousness is something God wants from us. So I looked at verses um, in 2 Kings 18, 3 and 4, and I'm reading primarily from the English Standard Version. So it says in 2 Kings 18, 3 through 4, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. And then in Jeremiah 9, 24, it says, Let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, and that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness on earth. For these things I delight, declares the Lord. So I do think there is a righteousness and being um, seeking to be right in the eyes of the Lord that gives us that um, upright heart and that that's where we get the joy from. That's where we get our path is lit when we're walking that way. Can you guys think of anything else as far as righteousness is something God wants from us? Proverbs 4.18, But the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn,
1: which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So it's like you can, it's like you're building up that righteousness. It's not like you just have it first thing in the morning. Right. It's like you're building towards that righteousness. And so it gets brighter and brighter as you follow the path.
0: Well, and the more you you have that scripture hidden in your heart, like Cora was play, praying earlier, um, the more you're going to be able to walk that path that God has set before you. <clears throat> and I think I'm going to talk about it a little bit further down. Um but one of the things that I, I always kind of found interesting in the Old Testament was when a new king would come in and they'd talk about he removed the high places, he broke down the pillars. And that um, I found like super interesting because you think that's just something that applied to people back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, 2,000 years ago you know, when they had high places that they did pagan worship at. But I have found in my um, few years that I've had here on earth <coughs> that I've had many high places that I've, I've wanted to keep in my life. Um, but I think we're going to get down to that a little bit further. Anything else you guys think about with righteousness is something God wants from us?
2: No, can't think of anything else.
0: Okay, righteousness is something we should practice was the next thing that I saw, that it's something that we should practice. And the verse I saw was in 1 John two twenty nine. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. I think that if you are not reborn, born again, you can, you can be a good person, but that goodness may not equate to God's righteousness. And I think that's what I was thinking about when the Psychology Today article was talking about um, that it is culturally conditioned, it's a culturally conditioned response. And I was thinking, you know, you can be good, but that doesn't always mean that that is God's righteousness, that it's God's right way of living.
2: Well, I think sometimes when, because even even born again people, their attitude in their mind is, "I'm going to do this because I I, I want to be good. I I want to be do. I want to do good today. I I I." Mm-hmm. Instead of, we need to take in and remember it's to bring glory to Him.
0: Yeah, and to further the kingdom. A lot of times, you know, when I start in the morning, I say, "Lord, what what is it that." I can do to further your kingdom today, Lord. Because for so much of my life, I think it was so much about me, 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 like you said. And it really isn't. You know, our goal should be to promote the kingdom of God. Because that's the only place salvation is going to come. The next thing I looked at was righteousness is something that we can increase in. So in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So I'm thinking, well, if we can train in righteousness, we can certainly increase in righteous living. And righteous living according to God's standard, which is going to bring about that upright heart, which is going to bring about that joy. It's going to bring about that path that is lit showing us the way to walk i know carol had told me i just found myself going down the rabbit hole the more i dug the more i found you know and i think that that's that is so absolutely true and then this one i thought was so important it appears that only uh, two of us here in the room can take this um claim to fame in proverbs sixteen thirty one, it says gray hair is a crown of glory mm it is gained in a righteous life. So I said, well, there we go. I can, I'm in with that one. <laughs> I'm in with that one too. When you got the gray hairs, um, it shows it's a gain in a righteous life. And I kind of think it, what that might mean is just, you know, we've lived long enough and uh, nobody's <laughs> killed us and the Lord hasn't struck us down and we've lived long enough to maybe have done some, a little bit of righteous living, I'm, I'm praying
2: and what
0: verse was that? Proverbs 1631. Embrace that gray hair. Huh? Embrace the grays. Embrace them. And then the fourth one that I looked at was the the results of righteousness. There are results of righteousness in our lives. And the one that really jumped out on me in this one, we have been looking at prayer And we've been looking at um, the armor and kind of how to pray those those prayers that are effective. And so when we look at putting on the armor, part of the armor is that breastplate of righteousness in Ephesians 6.14. It talks about the breastplate of righteousness. And so it's the part of the armor that stops the enemy from that full frontal attack. When we are looking to the Lord for our righteousness, when we want to live in a way that is pleasing to him and has that upright living, then it is a way that it stops the enemy from that full frontal attack. Doesn't mean he won't try to attack, but it is a protection. In Psalm 710, it says, My shield and my defense depend on God who saves the upright in heart. And the other way that we see a result in righteous living is, um, is what it talks about, that back in Psalms 97:11, that there is a light on our pathway when we have righteous living. And I think it, it clearly it makes it easy, easier for us to say, "Oh, there's the way. walk this way. God has lit our path." Right. Anything else you guys see as far as results of righteousness? Carol, did you come up with anything else? No. You've got the joy. Definitely you get joy. (laughs) I want irrepressible joy. I know. I do too.
2: You deserve it too.
0: That's (laughs) right. Um, So I always like to look at the opposite of something too. I think sometimes you gain understanding of um, what the Lord's trying to say if, if you look at the opposite of it. So one of my favorite speakers is (coughs) Priscilla Shire, and she talks about um, unrighteousness is upside down behavior, upside down living. And so she tells a story about across the street from their house, their friends had a boat and that they had a little lake and a boat and that they they could go out and use that boat and she would take her boys and sometimes go out on this little lake to go fishing well they would always keep the boat stored upside down and so when you went to go get the boat to get in it you had to flip it back up well you you never knew exactly what was going to crawl hop or slither out from under that boat when you turned it upside down and i thought to myself You know, I kind of have that same example here at my very own little house. We have what is called the rat trailer. (laughs) Now, I don't know that anybody has ever seen a rat in this trailer, but it is an old trailer, and when you walk in, it's damp and it's dark, and I'm pretty sure that it creates an environment where things could jump and slither and hop out of this place. And so I know that you'd never really want to go in there if it's dusk or later because Lord only knows what you're going to find in that place. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that she talks about is how we can create an environment where that unrighteous living can just grow. And you cannot create this environment and then think, think you're going to prance out and and all is going to be good. Or you can't you know, live in this unrighteous environment that you have created and then think, well, I'm going to go over here in my prayer closet and pray down heaven. You've got to kind of be doing both because you can't live unrighteously and then think about they you know God's going to be answering every prayer you have and yet you're going to be doing what you want to do it just doesn't work that way it's it's an opposite living and so you know the good thing about when you're leading a bible study is that you think of all the things in your own life and i talked a little bit earlier um about the high places and how you know some kings would come in And they would worship God, but they'd leave the high places. They wouldn't tear them down. And some kings would come, and they'd tear them down. Some kings would come, and they'd still worship in the high places, which were altars for pagan worship. And when I think about my own life, I can say probably for a good 50-some years, I kept the high places up, those places where I said, you know, this part of my life belongs to the Lord, but I have this part over here and it only belongs to me. I would keep sin in that place, sin that I wouldn't repent of, sin that I would feel I was justified in. Um, And, you know, I was pretty good at faking it. You could, I could walk out in the daylight and you would never know that I had this little corner of my world that I kept just for myself because I thought, if I surrender all, if I surrender every bit of myself, I'm going to get hurt. And yet, it really is quite the opposite. Um, Well, he knows about it anyway. Well, he knows about it, but y'all don't know about it. you know. And I didn't want to be hurt by anybody else. It wasn't so much the Lord. It was more... You know, when you get hurt in your life, when people hurt you in your life, you don't want to give all because you think, if I give all, someone's going to hurt me.
2: Well, and that kind of makes me think of where it says um, there's joy on the upright in heart. Well, when I looked up upright, it's saying strictly honorable and honest in heart. And so the things that we're taking into our mind... And if we have those hiding places, then that goes into our heart. And then that's where we can be robbed of our joy.
0: Amen. If I look at Isaiah forty-seven ten and 11, it says, You felt secure in your wickedness. You said, No one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray. And you said in your heart, I am, and there is no one beside me. But evil shall come upon you, which you will... Not know how to charm away, disaster shall fall upon you for which you will not be able to atone, and ruin shall come upon you suddenly of which you know nothing. And I thought, what a really scary place to be in to say, I am. I mean, isn't that what God was? I am. And yet, how many times have I said, I am, this is my place. This is not your place, Lord. This is not your place anybody. What is I I can only tell you how thankful I am that God didn't say get the lightning bolts, time to smoke that one out. You know, I, I'm just so thankful that he was so patient with me. In Isaiah fifty nine two it says But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden their face from you so that he does not hear. And I really believe that that is your prayers, that you cannot create an environment of unrighteous living, go in your prayer closet, pray down heaven, and think that he's going to hear. You know, I just don't think he can hear when you're living like that. Right. Psalm seventy eight fifty eight says, For they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. And you know, it's not that I had little statues. I'm sure every one of you can say, Well, I never had a little statue, but how many things did we make idols of? Make idols of. How many things?
2: Right, and then and then uh two that we have to abide in God's presence, and that's where our hope comes from, and it's in you know staying in the word and not just living because we all have that
0: place that it's you know that we're not giving him mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that that I wasn't the only one yeah well, I thought it was interesting
1: psalms thirty four seventeen through eighteen The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them all delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. So to be righteous doesn't necessarily mean you don't have a broken heart. To be righteous doesn't mean you don't have, I guess, righteous isn't, you want to build towards righteousness, but I don't think we ever will have that complete righteousness, but we need to keep building for it because we, we do have broken hearts and we have broken parts And we do have things that God sees and says, you know.
0: See, now I think when it says that, that having a broken heart, I think it means our heart is broken for um, having unrepentant sin, unrepentant sin, and um, for holding things in those high places. Because once that the Lord really spoke to me about that and I finally listened, I mean, I must have cried and cried because I thought, how awful... I was being by holding those things in my heart. Yeah. Hebrews ten twenty six says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Well, Can if you, if you look at the word contrite, it says
1: filled with a sense of guilt and the desire for atonement and penance. So you are looking for that. You yeah. may still have all those things. But you're desiring, that's what you want, is to be to not have that, to be filled with that
0: joy mm-hmm. that you don't have, you know?
2: Hebrews, what was your first
0: Hebrews ten twenty-six. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin.
2: Well that one's a tough one. Yeah. You know, because we know he's he's revealed it to us and yet we're just being selfish and doing what we want. Yeah,
0: and I think it comes back to um, we can um, increase in righteousness. It says we can. We practice righteousness. It says we can do for sure that every, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. So I know that um, it's something we can practice and um, I think it's something that we can increase in. I'm I'm just so thankful that our father is such a a gracious and forgiving and long-suffering God that he has so much patience with us. Anything else <coughs> jump out to anybody that we missed? Protection. Oh, tell me what you got on protection.
1: Um it just it, and I it, I just think that when I look at how God protects us, and I think about personally how God has protected me, and when I've cried out to Him and protected me, and I and I think about the 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 night that that we had a waterspout hit our boat. I mean, I was crying out for protection, and God protected us and kept us safe, and you know, it's like you know, you know, when you, something like that happens, you think, okay, you are there, Mm -hmm. you are protecting me and the people around me. And, and I think it just comes down to that, that contrite spirit where you're just like, Oh Lord, just help me, Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. you
1: know, forgive me for this things, forgive me for this. And let me build this. And it's, it's not just, you honestly have to be sorrowful. You have to be able to say, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, anything else jump out to anybody? All right. Well, again, our verse was in Psalms 97, 11. <clears throat> Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Thank you, ladies, so much. Carla? Can I give
2: a prayer for Ashley? We just
0: want to... No prayers for Ashley? Okay. You could say... Just a
2: shout out. Hey, Ashley. (laughs) I'm praying
0: for you, girl. All right. We're going to close and we will pray. Okay, so um, I kind of am trying to remember this story from
3: memory, but there was a story of a farmer and a baker. Tell me if you've heard this one. Um, <laughs> and uh, So the farmer and the baker had this deal, right? They exchanged butter for bread and uh, they don't walk into a bar or anything exciting like that. Um, <laughs> but the farmer and the baker <clears throat> had this deal and the, the baker starts realizing the butter's getting less and less and he's getting mad about it, right? So he takes them to court and uh the judge says to the farmer well how are you weighing your butter and he says well i don't have like like a measure like a weighing device but but i have a scale and um since the deal is three pounds of butter for three pounds of bread i just put the loaf of bread up on the scale and then i just weigh it out with the butter then the case was dismissed right because obviously the baker was shorting on the butter, but he wanted to complain, right? (laughs) So, and it's not a funny story or anything like that, but it's just to get us thinking about trust, right? Could you imagine, aren't you glad that God doesn't take and measure us according to the trust that we give him? Yes. Right? Amen. Um, In fact, we would almost even be able to describe trust um, and unbelief um, those kinds of things we could, or belief, I'm sorry, trust and belief, almost like synonym, synonym, synonyms, right? Couldn't we? Yes. But if we look at scripture, God defines it it all a little differently because he doesn't measure us in that way. Um, Mark nine twenty four. do you remember that story about um, the little demon-possessed boy? Let's go there. Mark chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 14. And it says, When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. And a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion, and he fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It is often thrown him into fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I bet we've never struggled with the unbelief in a situation, have we? Haven't we even just recently been talking about, I don't even know how to pray about healing? Like, we struggle with that, you know, for asking God to completely heal somebody, or are we just praying for your will, Lord? You know, and and, and then that struggle, um, where we're afraid to believe that that could happen. I know, because I haven't seen someone in a wheelchair get up and walk. If you want to do that, Corey, you go right ahead. I'm just saying. (laughs) <clears throat> I haven't seen that. Uh, I've heard that, right? Do I believe that God can do that? Sure. But sometimes when we can't see with our own eyes, we're skeptical about people that say they have. There was a, a pastor friend of ours who said, um, Rick, my husband Richard's back is really bad right now. He'll probably end up surgery route eventually. But um <clears throat> He, he said, why don't you bring him to church, and I will, um, we can lay hands on and pray over you. And he goes, we had a little boy from the valley that couldn't walk, and he came up, and they healed him, and, and he could walk. And I thought, wow, okay, do I have that kind of belief that I would wheel Richard up there and just, okay, go right ahead, God, you know. D- does anybody struggle with that? Because I'm just being honest, right? I'm just being completely, completely honest. I know we talked, yeah. But is it
2: because? We haven't seen we, it. Well, because we haven't seen it, so, yeah. I'm, so I'm bringing Coralie to
3: go and do this. Yeah.
2: But I'm really not believing it, so it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? And
3: maybe. Because I love what, what he was saying right here. And God honored it, and his son was healed. And he did have that unbelief, right? He's like, I believe, I believe you can do it. And it's exactly what we're saying. I believe you can do it, but I can't get all the way there. I need you to help me get all the way there, right? And so looking at that, that's a trust issue too, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a trust issue. Um, <laughs>
1: but I think sometimes God has other things. I mean, God yeah. has other. I mean, it's like when my mom passed away. I didn't understand it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, here was this very Christian, upstanding woman that preached. I mean, she, her whole life was God. And when she died, I thought, why? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But there was a reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I really feel that my son at the time was having, uh, right after that, was having problems. And because my dad remarried Kathy, his new wife, and she was the one that really pushed for David, and and that's something my mom wouldn't have done. Mm. She's the one that really saved David and helped David,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And I think that, and I mean even Cora, huh? yeah, even Cora. I mean her witness is much more powerful than her getting up and walking.
3: Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, God's got so, a plan in everything. God's got a plan and everything. That a a plan and everything so
1: when yeah. I. I I still struggle with
3: why. Why? Sure. You know, like, why did my son die?
1: Why? Right. And I don't know. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But does God have a different plan? Yeah. And that's what I have to trust. Right. That's what I have to believe, that God has something else because of his death.
3: This is going to happen. Sometimes that's all we're left with is, (coughs) God, I have... Only this promise in your word that all things work according to good for those who love you and follow you, right? And so we say, okay, I don't know what to do with that death, but I <coughs> believe you have a plan in it, right? Uh, and how you're driven, I look at, you know, just like what you said about your mom, and we've heard <coughs> Susie's testimony about your mom. And it, to me, there's a woman that um, she may be gone, but she left so much of her legacy and that's getting even passed down to us, you know? And, um, so would it have been different had you had her only to yourself and she was still being your faith for you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now you're able to pass that faith to other people.
2: Well, like the verse Mm -hmm. you just read, Mm -hmm. help me.
3: Yeah. You know I mean? Help. We have to yeah.
2: Ask yeah. The wheelchair, you know, how long's it been? Right. You got to help me because you know what? I don't see it happening, you
3: know. Right. But because prayer, we prayers, prayer, happen, but know? asking God, yeah, help me in my unbelief right now. Show me, God. The story in John 20:25, 20, um <coughs> when they're talking about the the resurrection and D- Thomas, we call him doubting Thomas, one of the apostles and he's struggling. And here's a guy that's walking with the Lord, right? He's seen the miracles. He's seen them. And yet he's still struggling with this resurrection thing. What do you mean you're going to die and you're going to come back to life? (laughs) He's like, yeah. And so he says in 2025, unless I see the nail marks, I, unless I, let me emphasize that, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Wow, right? And so, you know what? <laughs> Jesus said, Do not disbelieve, believe. I know you're wrestling with it. That's what he tells us. I know you're wrestling with this. Whatever the situation may be, it might not be healing, it might be um, marriage issues, it might be uh, the death of someone you love. It, illness, cancer, you name it. We're all, look at the COVID stuff we've dealt with, right? All of these things, (laughs) he's saying, don't disbelieve. Don't make that your first go-to. Believe, ask for my help in your unbelief. He said, blessed are those though, he's speaking back to him, blessed are those who um, have not seen and still believe. You didn't get to touch it. You didn't get to see the nail marks (coughs) with your own eyes. You didn't get to see the miracle happen with your own eyes, but you can believe that God's capable of it, right? Belief is a big part of that trust. Um, what I believe about your character individually, uh, how you believe about me, determines a great deal upon whether or not I'm going to trust you in a trust fall, right? <laughs> there are those people that are going to give it all they got. I believe that if I ask Pat, To catch me and trust fall, she's gonna lay her body down to keep me from hitting my head. I do believe that, right? If I ask Don,
2: my sister-in-law Kimmy, yeah, sent me a video of some girls gathered around this guy and asking to, to uh, you know, trust them and fall. They were all ready for him. He fell forward. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but how many of you had those friends during trust fall, thought it was funny to watch someone fall on their flat on their butts, right? Well, I don't know. Growing up, I had some pretty rough friends, I guess. <laughs> but there are those people out there that they might say that they're your friends. But really when it comes down, you can't trust them to be there, right? I'm sure we've all had circumstances in life where someone we thought was a friend walked away in a hard situation, right? Um, Belief and trust, though, again, like I said, they're kind of almost synonyms except God teaching us that he can help us again in that unbelief and in that trust. Which brings us, finally, I know it took us forever to get here, to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. (laughs) And we'll read that one out, and I'll write it up here. This is the one verse, don't ask my kids now, I don't know, they probably will say they don't remember anything, but um, I homeschooled my boys, and this was the verse that they wrote constantly, had them write it out. Part of their handwriting, part of the Bible. And so that's why I picked this one, because it kind of means something to me. But um, I'll write it up here and then we'll go through it. But, good night. All right. <laughs> um, trust in the Lord. I should just do it from memory know it, but I'm afraid to write the wrong word. Do you ever get that way? It's got to be exactly how scripture says it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you know what? Maybe on the back of uh, your page or something, if you want to write this out, you could. And lean not on your own Understanding things I could have done ahead of time. Check. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This one says make pass straight. Okay. See, that's how I memorized it. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the version. This is NIV. Mm-hmm. And I think NASB is what I memorized. Does that sound right? okay you know
2: if you're around people that aren't reading their bible and Uh you know it's like when you say that to them it's like what so i like to tell from the message trust god from the bottom of your heart Mm don't try to figure everything out on your own
3: yeah
2: listen for god's voice and everything and everywhere you go he's the one who will keep you on track Mm. In our
3: so just for the person. Yeah. Sometimes means. reading the message, you know, comparing the different versions is really good. All right. So what did you notice? Any repeating words? Any, any, anything things in here that you noticed? Verbs. Trust. Trust. Seek. Depend. On the show. Trust.
1: At least that's on the mind. Lean. Lean. Lean.
3: Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Mine says show. Mine says it show you which path to take. Oh, and he will Yeah. will make. Yeah. Store. So 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 all those, things, my
2: with, those <laughs> things, <laughs> <laughs> with those things that they just mess messaged. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Not just some of them, it's all. All.
3: All. Exactly. Kim. Yeah. Yes. In mind, instead of acknowledge, knowledge, it uses the word submit. Yes. Oh. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is closer to that's closer to the Hebrew word okay so we see that same thing like we did the other day all all right not just part of it right um, and then we got these verbs we got trust lean <coughs> acknowledge who's doing that part we, we are us. We are. right who's doing this part he will make God. Yes. yeah We'll make straight. That's my whole verb, right? We'll make straight. Okay, we're going back a few years. <laughs> if I like the amplified, but I have amplified, yeah. and it
1: says straight and smooth.
3: Woo! Straight
1: and smooth. smooth. No yeah, obstacles. Amplified
3: like really. No so obstacles block like your way. It's nice. All right. We see the word your. No one said the word your. That's four times in. <coughs> Catch that? Okay, you're not not somebody else's. Well, which that's probably why we get to Downing Thomas and we're like, well, if I see it and I touch it, right? And you say, no, no, no. You could go the other way. Remember, Jesus said, don't focus on your disbelief, focus on your belief, right? So you can do this. You can trust the Lord with all your heart. You don't have to touch my side lean not on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make you <coughs> a okay. um Okay, trust, we'll break it down. This word trust here, um, that means to lie helpless, face down, a servant ready to obey. It, <clears throat> it gives you a much different picture than the one where we're standing there wrestling with God, doesn't it? it's the opposite of wrestling with god over trusting him in something it's laying it down it's laying yourself down putting your pride down putting your need to know yikes we need to know don't we why god where are we going god what are you doing god
1: (laughs) and mine also says to rely confidently rely
3: confidently it's trust it's trust right okay so trust and then heart Look at that one. Remember, we talked about heart not only being an organ, um, but it also being the source of emotion for them. Okay, so looking at that, Jeremiah 17:9 says that our heart is deceitful. Anybody feel like they can identify with their heart being deceitful? Yeah, yeah. Have you made choices in your life and you thought, Do mm, you want to share anything? of like examples or something? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, now I'm like, I'm like, yes, and then I'll like, Oh. my <laughs> goes blank, but it's just one of those like, yeah. I mean, how much time I i am selfish in everything that I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, or something where it's like not being patient or something cause it's just like, but I want this now. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How do we get into sin? Because we want it now. We want to feel the pleasure. Whatever that sin is, right? We're in the now. We're in this world. We're so used to telling each other, "Be in the now," mm-hmm. right? What What are some of those? You know, trust trust your own heart, right? Um, <coughs> trust your heart. Follow your heart. Your heart knows all of those slangs, little things <coughs> that you hear that the world says, right? But Scripture says your heart's deceitful. In Proverbs twenty eight twenty six, you want to read that? Proverbs 8. Oh, Pat's got it. Yeah, but I just... Oh, 28. 28. Let me write it down. Proverbs 28, 26. Okay. Those who trust their own insight (coughs) are foolish, Mm -hmm. but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Mm. My shortened version, he that trusts in his own heart is a fool. Mm. So what does the rebel heart do, then? You read it. What does the second part say? But anyone who walks in wisdom is saying. Yeah. So I would assume that wisdom would be God's word. Yeah. Right. Right? So the rebel heart goes against the world and says, it doesn't matter what my emotions are saying right now. Right? Which is hard. Which is hard. But we, yeah. And we'll come back to that. We'll put a pin in that one. Um, so he says, then he says, you know what? Lean. Let's look at lean. Um, That is to put all of your weight on something. I know Pat, you've had to use those crutches and those walkers and and you can't put all your weight on that and all your weight on something else and straddle it and try to walk. It's hard. It's hard, hard, right? So when we put our weight on it, we're saying, you know what? I'm going to throw it all on God. I'm going to throw it all on Jesus. He's going to get the whole banana. Right? Because I can't have one foot over here on, you know, standing with God and leaning on God, and I can't have equal in the world. I can't move. We're not moving at the same pace, right? We have different goals. Especially if God's telling me, I want you to trust me, and I want you to stand right here, and the world's saying, go your wrong way, right? You ever had somebody try to lead you blind? <laughs> So if you're leaning,
2: mm-hmm. you're off your own balance. You're off your own balance. Good good picture of that. Yeah. You know, or, or people think it's funny, you know, because like my, my daughter-in-law would say it all the time. I do what I want when I want. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Ricky, my little granddaughter, because she'd say it all the time, just jokingly, mm-hmm. but yet yeah, she did what she wanted whenever she wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and little Ricky stood up one day, do what I want, when I want.
3: yeah we'll see about that i love stories of grandchildren for that same reason (laughs) we went to red devil a few weeks ago after church and um (coughs) emma she's the little three-year-old okay and she does what her daddy did constantly leaning back in the chair trying to balance on those two legs If anyone was watching her that one day in church when she fell off the chair, did anybody see that? Oh, uh-huh. She's running around, she's running around, she came up, and then went all the way, just like during worship, just went all the way past the chair and hit the flood, and everyone standing there was like, oh! and she just got back up, you know, she just has no, there's no pain tolerance, or, you know, she's got high pain tolerance. Anyway, so we're in Red Devil, and she leans back in that chair, and pretty soon... Smacks hits the floor. She doesn't cry. She just gets up, gets back in the chair, and we're like,
4: <laughs>
3: five minutes later, oh, no. bam, gets okay. back up. We're all right. You know what? You're gonna sit in the booth. <laughs> but when we're trying to do that, and we can't, we can't balance it all on our own, can we? We we can't. We don't even have control, it's a false control, right? Because Emma thought, oh, I got it this time. I can balance this, right? I can i can handle my weight. I can do this. You know, we start to rationalize things, don't we? Our, our own understanding when we get here. Our own understanding. Tell me about that. What we think it means. It could maybe mean I'd like it to -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm mean. I think that when I get into leaning on my own understanding, I I can get very much like doubting Thomas. I get right back into that place of God, I don't know what you're doing in this situation. Let me (laughs) know. Let me help. Um, if, if I could touch it, if I could rationalize it, if I could make it logically make sense to me, if you could just give me the blueprint and I could understand where you're heading, right? Um, then I could probably, yeah, then I could get there. But otherwise, we like to rationalize it in our own understanding in that we want it to make sense to us. But Satan likes to say things like, um, you're alone. No one else has been through this before. They're not going to understand, right? Um, Scripture says, though, in Hebrews 4.15, that Jesus was tempted in every way. So we can't exactly go to God and say, Lord, this problem is (coughs) unprecedented. Uh, I'll need to make up my own rules and my own plan here um, because it's a unique situation. And I'm not sure what you say applies here. I can think about five different scenarios in my lifetime where I've probably had that subconsciously had that maybe and maybe full on had that conversation with God of I don't see how that scripture could apply in this situation, right? Am I the only one? No. No. Okay. I thought that, Um, but Satan though will tell you you're the only one that's dealt with that, right? And then Satan will tell you no one's going to understand. or they're going to judge you or, you know, all of those things. When we start hearing that, um, that type of talk in a situation where we don't feel like we can share truly with God what's going on with us because we need to handle it because he's not dealt with this before. <laughs> or uh, we don't feel like we can share it with other people because of those things. Um, we need to recognize the lies that are being said, right? Um, and those scary little red flag things should start coming up. Like, that's not truth, right? That's not truth, I know that's not truth. And sometimes we gotta mentally walk ourselves through it, right? In all your ways. No, it says in some, doesn't it? In some of your ways. In some of your ways acknowledge him. Is that, is that right, Carla? In some of your ways, acknowledge him. No, in all. Oh, in all, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Everything, Carla. Everything, all. Everything, the time, everything always. all the time. <coughs> Are you sure? Yes. Gosh. <coughs> Even I'm oh. doubting it,
2: do it anyway. Do it anyway.
3: <laughs> I like that. So you're coming and you're going. Your conversations, your thoughts. That's all, right? It's, what? Yeah, yeah. What about acknowledge? I like, we're finally over here to, where my girlfriend over here can just, Kathy can take it away. Acknowledge, tell me what you got, girl. My version says submit. Yeah. Which, um, to yield to authority. To yield to authority. <gasps> Who's the authority?
4: Not me. Oh
3: God. God, the word, right?
2: Mom. Wait, Mom? She said me. Oh, um, me!
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, not me. You. She said not me. Oh, She's clarifying that.
4: <laughs> all right, you're right.
3: So that authority, yikes! Are you ready? That authority is invited by God. God, come and be my authority in all my ways and everything that I do. Come be my authority. I don't want to be the authority. I will mess it up, right? Um, The difference in this word, acknowledge, and it's 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 a it goes a little further. Um, The Hebrew word is yada. I don't maybe I saw this, so I got this definition. I mean, this uh, spelling. Hopefully, it's correct. It looks correct. Uh, Yada the Hebrew word for acknowledge, and it's an intimate term. It is the same, that same yada was used in, be, with Adam and Eve's relationship with how they knew each other. I know you know what newing means. Um, so it is an intimacy. It's a personal relationship with God. That pretty much says there is nothing here that you haven't seen, right? There is nothing that I haven't laid bare before you. I'm not trying to hide anything. You know me, and I know you inside and out. It's a very personal, intimate relationship that we're acknowledging God. God, you know me. And in that, I want to give you all my ways. Where we get David, show me, Lord. Show me where I'm making mistakes. Show me where I need to improve. Show me how to love you better. It's having that kind of love relationship with God, right? Um, it's not an acknowledge like one of the. Sup, God? You know? No, it's not a nod to the head, right?
1: And I wrote down, um, to acknowledge God means, I know you're true. I recognize your authority. Mm. I respond to you. Mm give thanks to you, and and let let you direct
3: my path. Nice, nice. You've summed it all up in like one sentence. It took me 20 minutes to say. but <laughs> Good job, good job. Okay, and then we got he will direct your path, or he will make your path straight, or whatever, and smooth, or whatever you got there. Um, God, get this, God doesn't need... You to know. You don't need to know. You don't need to know the answer to your question, your what, your why, your when. If he needed you to know, he would have told you. Right? Isaiah 55,
1: 8, nine, or 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your way. My yeah. ways. it's my ways, declares mm. the Lord. Mm. What verse? Um, Isaiah... Actually,
3: Yeah, God has different ways. And That's we don't need to have all. While we only see a tiny corner of it. Yeah, and we don't need to have all the answers. So, anybody know if I'm using the right side of the arrangement? <coughs> I really don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> um, what's this go with it? It's working. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it did on that side too, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> 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 So, that brings us to what do we do with this information? we got to apply it, right? Yes. Otherwise, we've just taken it in. You know, Scripture says it's not just enough to know the Word. You have to actually obey it. Ah! Right? So, looking at that, here's four ways. The first one is get sober. What does that mean? Be alert. Be clear. What? Be clear. Be clear, right? What are we going to be clear about? God.
2: God. His his endurance. Endurance. Yeah. Okay. Not his
3: his I'm sorry if I'm blocking you there. To do.
4: <coughs>
3: we don't say to God in this moment, um, how am I going to fix this, God? How am I going to handle it? right no we don't say that we we ask a couple of questions of ourselves first of all let's just write that down we don't ask how i going to blah 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 but what we do recognize is satan lying this is where we get sober thoughts this is where we get our emotions in check right and we say okay you know what my heart is deceitful right now because even though I think that no one's ever dealt with a situation that that can't possibly, that scripture can't possibly (coughs) apply to my marriage, right? Where I, I mean, I just, I'm sick of the guy. I'm done, right? (laughs) There's no way that could apply to me because God hasn't lived with him, right? (laughs) Or whatever the case may be. And that's not Richard. I love Richard. Um, uh, but it is that it's what are the lies that Satan's telling me right now? First um, Peter five eight. First Peter five eight says, you know, um, he is prowling around like a lion, ready to devour you. Um, so we need to be alert. So Carla was right on on that getting sober is be alert. Be alert to the lies that Satan's telling you that you're alone, that God doesn't understand, that Scripture doesn't apply. Um, that somehow it's different. This is how we get into these traps um, where we're all of a sudden finding ourselves in an affair or we're finding ourselves drunk in an alleyway or had a one night stand or, you know, I don't know. All of these things, right? Uh, you woke up in a room for Tw- Twinkie wrappers, I don't know. Is <laughs> 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 that we've rationalized ourselves to that point, right? Because of our own understanding and our own rules that we've made up. You go to a psychic. You go to a psychic. That's true. I know a lot of people that have done that. Yeah. Um, And you rationalize that, right? Yeah, you rationalize it because you want, oh, that's a whole rabbit hole. Anyway, um, we recognize then, again, any feelings or my heart, it doesn't align with scripture. Okay? If it doesn't align with scripture, you need to stop. Let that be your wrestling point. Okay. The second thing, um, the second thing is get what do you think? What do we need to get next? Pat? Right with God. Hmm? What did you say earlier? What is the opposite of being a fool?
0: Wisdom. 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 wisdom.
3: So we need to get wisdom, right? How do we get wisdom? Get in the Word, right? What is, and ask yourself, does the Word have anything to say about this situation? Ask yourself that. Does the Word have anything to say in this situation? Anything on this subject? Has someone else wrestled with it? Have you ever read the Old Testament? Woo! <laughs> I guarantee you there's some in there that will still make you blush. The next one comes from Colossians 1, 9 through 10, okay? And that says that his will, Lord, what's your will? There's an idea. His will is in his word. If you seek, you will find, okay? And again, it's not enough. To just know the word, you have to obey it, right? Because I could be in this place right here while I'm wrestling over wanting to step out on my husband. He's just kind of a, a nasty, mean creeper, you know, and I don't really like that guy anymore. You know, you don't see what he does when he throws his dirty socks on the floor and the hampers right next to it. And, you know, he never can take his plate to the sink, what's wrong with him, right? So no one's dealing with that, but I met this really nice guy who says he loves the Lord. Um, But I know that scripture says I probably shouldn't do that but unless I apply scripture all I've done is known it, right? Right? So we have to apply the wisdom as well. Even when we aren't sure of the outcome. Yikes! Even when we're not sure of the outcome. Even, you know what? Lord, you told me not to divorce Mr. Jerkface but you also told me um, that if I stayed with him then that's your will because I can find that in scripture right but you um, would somehow bless that I've seen that happen Amen right? yes, Amen, amen. <coughs> Hey the next one is get counsel That's a counsel Proverbs 6, 20 to 22. Who's got that one? I do. Yay. My son, observe the command of your father, and do not forsake the teaching of the mother. Find them continually in your heart, tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. Get good counsel. And there's several that are listed there. It, maybe it's not your earthly father. Maybe your earthly father's not here. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's an uncle. Maybe it's a good friend. Um, I do want to counsel right now. You should not be getting marriage counseling from someone of the opposite sex and having conversations with them. That's unknown. Um, but meeting with the pastor, meeting with the council, getting a mentor, there's so much to uh, in my own life, in times that I've needed a mentor through certain situations. I, mean, I believe that is exactly why God allows us to go through things. So that we can be there for each other. Right? Be like, I've been there too. So you're
2: not supposed to talk to a guy about stuff like
3: that? Um, if you're married, it's just dangerous. Well, to, only if
1: your spouse is with you.
3: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, if your spouse is with you or you were meeting in like a counseling situation with, you know, that kind of thing. But for you, Carla, to be like, hey Richard, you think you want to go to coffee and just kind of talk to me about my problems? Like that would, that's <laughs> not good, <it>. right? <laughs> or he talked to the guy about his stuff
2: and, and he went back to his wife.
3: I think that's good. I just think that the, um, it's just usually good to have maybe like Wyatt with you when you do that, or, you know what I'm saying? It's a guard for everybody.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Uh, I well, know yeah. it. It's just a, It's just good. Good counsel. That's all I'm getting you. Good counsel is it's wise. There's been a lot of people who wind up having an affair with somebody because they started off in a conversation about how their no good spouse was Oh. How you do? Can you see? Okay. <laughs> All right, all right. Deuteronomy thirty four nine, um, says basically that Moses obeyed God and he kind of left this legacy, and because of that, Joshua followed. So that mentorship is basically saying, you know what? I've walked through this. I walked through the wilderness that maybe no one else had been through. That you are around, and then if if you watch me, I'll show you how you can get through this wilderness as well. Right? Um. So find out is there somebody that can help me? Ask a pastor. Ask me. Ask whatever. Um, or if you know a friend that has gone through something. Um, Sharon does grief counseling. I know that when I struggled Sharon has helped me. Given me words of encouragement. And so. Um, but there's always someone out there. There is nothing new under the sun, guys. Um, so And they have acquired wisdom that you don't, right? I haven't lost my husband yet. Uh, Maybe he'll lose me first. Who knows what God's will is, right? But one of us one day is going to need someone who's already walked that path. Yeah. Even in the things like a, a, what do I do about the paperwork, right? Even those kinds of things. Like, it's overwhelming. You're already... Over well, uh, we could go on another rabbit trail just just in that, right? What was, <clears throat> but, huh? What was Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 34 9. I'll write that down. And then, um, Galatians 6 2. Who has that one? Me. Okay, carry one
1: another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirement of the law of Christ that is, the law of Christian love. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So, we're to bear each other's burdens. If God meant for us to be alone in situations, He would have told us to be alone. Be separate. But did God say be separate? The only thing He said to be separate from was the world. But He told us, as Christian sisters, girlfriend, get your sisters back. Help hold up the arms, right? Get, get in the trench with them. Like, it's to be messy sometimes, right? And so it's that lie that Satan says, my sister's going to judge me. I can't share this with them. It's a lie that says, um, my sister can't handle this. She's never dealt with it. I've, I, prayer. When, when in that story about the boy um, that was demon-possessed, they said, well, your disciples tried to heal him, and it didn't happen. And he said, this is the kind of thing that only prayer can do. When we are on the prayer chain, or if I send you a prayer request, or you're praying for your, your friends or your family, whatever, God says, that's more powerful than anything. And so, I don't need to have walked in your shoes to pray for you. Right? I just need to know what to pray for. <laughs> yeah. When
1: I was going down that rabbit hole, and it goes, because I do that quite often, hmm. um, and it goes with this, is it says that about carrying another person's burdens but don't become an obstacle. Mm. Don't, mm. you know, don't become something. Put put yourself out there that you're stopping that person mm-hmm. doing what they're supposed to be doing with God.
3: True, true, true.
1: And I think sometimes we do. Yeah. Because we start like, oh, well, you know, God said. But we don't really know that. Yeah. We're not really saying that. We're just, you know.
3: Well, and it's important, too, that in that counsel that we're giving, maybe we're supposed to seek it, but in the counsel that we're giving, make sure to lines with Scripture. You don't want to be directing your sister down the wrong path, right? It doesn't matter what your heart's telling you or that you're feeling for them. Sometimes we just have to speak truth and let God do the rest of the work, you know? <clears throat> I don't know, sister, I don't understand why God wants us to do this right now or what he's doing, but we're going to trust him together in this. You know, and
2: that's basically what you guys have done for me, because mm. you know I
3: mean?
2: it's been years, mm. you know, trying to fight this battle. And it's like, okay, Cora, how about if you have other women pray for you? Yeah, you
3: know, yeah. And and you know what we we keep saying is, if they don't provide it, God's still gonna provide it. Mm-hmm. He will. Yeah. yeah, and that's part of just bearing it with you. It's no longer just Cora's issue, is it? <coughs> it's all of ours
2: right and it makes you thankful it makes you feel you know you're mm-hmm. like it says it, the burden's lifted mm-hmm. even though you don't have the new wheelchair you mm-hmm. know that people are praying for you you know that people at least care mm. and <laughs> you go <laughs> 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 i don't know if you remember but on the prayer channel ago, i said something that conversation with him he calls you all the i've gotten back girls,
3: <laughs> um. like that. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, he still says
4: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, when you talk about us having your back or you guys having my back or whatever, it is very true. Mm-hmm. We are not meant to go through these things. Amen. Same.
3: Amen. Yeah. Um The fourth one is coming. Here it comes. <laughs> Ready? Get. Low. This is the last one. Get low. What do you think that means? What was that definition of trust? Get the back box. Lie helpless. Lie helpless, right? Lord, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing. I'm gonna trust you with it all right now. I'm gonna let you be the authority. I'm going to let you have the plan that I don't need to bring the plan. I don't need to have the answer. It's all coming to you, God, on my knees with my sisters, giving it to you face down in servant mode, ready to go where you tell me to go. I'm recognizing that I don't have to be in control of the boat in the storm. I can take a step out onto the water and trust that you're going to catch me. Right, That we're going to make it through this. God's not going to let us down. He's not going to let us drown. You know? I went through that last week. There was something. It wasn't anything big. But it was something that was bothering me. And it's like, how am I going to deal with this? (coughs) How's it going to work out? What can I do to change it maybe? Mm. You know, how can I control this? Yeah. And finally I sat down and just said, okay, God, it's in your hands, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Yeah. It went away. I didn't nice. have to worry about it at all. It's like, thank you, nice. God. Nice. You know, it was just trusting in the Lord. Right? Praise God. But you said one of our key little words there I. Right? I. How, what am I going to do?
4: Um... Mm-hmm. Mm. and it turned out that it was benign. Oh, good. But um, I just turned it over. Yeah. It just wasn't really going to
3: be my problem anymore. Awesome. I love, and I think somebody said something close to it, um, but in that all your ways acknowledge him and you will make your path straight um, and smooth um, <laughs> is uh, a picture of him like removing the barriers right it's like he's running ahead of you here's you and he's running ahead and he's just moving everything out of the way so you can get where you need you to, to go and that's exactly what we do when we turn it over to God and he says I got it I've got this I just you don't worry about it daughter I've got this you don't have to say I you don't have to wrestle with how um yeah anyone else I'm kind of done with my side of it but I'd love to hear any thoughts you had
4: just Observation I had when I was reading the
3: verse um, that will make your way straight. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to my mind was that the shortest distance between two mm-hmm. points is a straight line. Nice. And we, we well, want, we want to, go to go all the go way around. <gasps> <Neanderthals>. <gasps> amen, amen. <Yeah. laughs> amen. Yep. That's a good point. Thank you. I don't have many. <laughs>
2: The way the world is doing uh-huh. they're doing the same thing now as they did when moses was giving them um, the 10 commandments because while he's up there they're down here messing around yeah and, well that's what they're doing today that's what i was trying to get uh, you.
3: yeah well we do that in our own lives right yeah, we know what we're to supposed be to be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, and then when and then we say like little things like the joy is in the journey, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, but if we went straight, you get there quicker for sure. 11 days or something, as opposed to 40 years. <laughs> And it might not even be for you. Yeah. Because then years down the line, somebody else is dealing with it, and it's like, hey, I've been there. Yep. Now I get it. Yep. You know, because it's not always at that exact time when you have a clue what it's for. And if you don't hold on to the bitterness in it, and you allow God to have victory in it, I'm thankful for the things I've gone through. I'm thankful for being able to help other people go through the same things. I mean, they're not pleasant to go through, but it, I don't know. There's just something about sharing what God's done, right? It just overcomes all of that. And it feels better learning yeah. from somebody who's been there. Yeah, right, it does. Versus somebody that read it in a book or whatever. It's right. No. right. I <laughs>
4: right. heard someone say, well, if you're going through something, don't
3: stop. Oh, there you go. Go through it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Anyone else have any thoughts? Pat, are you holding a nugget? A nugget? Mm-hmm. You got something? Sure.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I really did. I,
3: oh, you no, showed no, yours. No, no, i <laughs> No,
2: just that from, from last week.
3: Oh. And
2: I let go of it let God, That's awesome. Yeah. No, I was... I had to make a phone call, and it was...
4: Oh, it wasn't going to be a pleasant one, but mm-hmm. it was just something I was dreading. hmm And then something said, just do it. <laughs> I
2: it was
0: nothing. Yeah.
3: You know, and yeah. mm-hmm. I thought wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it's, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. So anybody saying. else? Go ahead.
2: Sorry. No? Okay. Well, good afternoon, ladies. Um, I'm Corin. I'm stepping in for him and uh, Susan, they weren't able to be here. So, in our ongoing study, "The Rebel Heart," um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. Found in Matthew 22:37. We've been taking different verses, verses and um, observing what they have to say to us. So today, we're doing John 14:27. If I could get you, Virginia, to read those, please.
4: So the New Living Translation reads, I am leaving
2: Great. Great, and that's the one I'm going to be doing it from. So taking place in the scripture right here, the previous verses are telling us about um, Jesus is telling them that he is going to die and leave them. Uh, he tells them to keep his commandments and that the Holy Spirit is going to be, he's going to leave him as a helper to help them do this. You can imagine they're sitting there and enjoying a meal with Jesus and he drops that on them. They'd been following him for three and a half years. They'd given up their careers. They were looking to Jesus to be their king and set up a new kingdom. Their hopes and their plans had been crushed. So anybody else have anything on that tape? What they were and know anything about those, the upper room and what was going on? All right, he also was telling, t- telling them, I'm going to die, I'm going to leave you, and where, you go- where I'm going, you can't come. They've been following him, and now he's saying you can't come. And then in John 14, it says, Peace, I leave with you. Crazy, huh? So you think about it, and you put it in our stories for today, you know, things have been going good, and You know we've been following the commandments the best that we can the things that he's had for us and we're trusting in that or you know maybe life has been a struggle we're doing our best to make it you know and then here comes the trial you know so so he's talking to them at the dinner correct correct he's been talking to them all at the dinner and stuff and just you know told them all that and then he tells them that you know I'm I'm leaving you Mm -hmm. in peace and so, in in um, let me see where I got this. Well, it's a test. God is just testing us, and He knows that we're ready to go to the next level. It may not feel comfortable and stuff, but you know, and you're you're asking why, and those things are okay. You know, it's okay to ask why. It's okay to question, you know, because we're human. But he also tells us in James, let me see where I wrote that, James. Come on, come on, sister. James 1, 12 through 18, to count it all joy when we meet these troubles. He tells us to be steadfast, which means standing on the truth, and it will be effective tells us to ask for wisdom. God promises to give it. Okay? It's our responsibility to believe it and to not just be double-minded. You know, again, he tells us be steadfast. We'll be tempted to go our own way, doing our own desires, you know, living in what we know is easy and what's comfortable. And that will not bring peace. That just brings peace that the, that the world has for us. The next he tells us, peace I give to you. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that Jesus is the prince of peace. Up here I wrote it down. The peace in Hebrew is shalom. So the kind of peace that he's talking to in this verse is like a wishing of wellness. It's extended to us. Like Virginia told us in the other version that she read of it, it's a gift. Okay, it also means irani in Greek, a quiet and a restful mind. Those are promises. It's Jesus perfect peace. He made it. He gives it to us. Jesus promise. It's a present to us through the Holy Spirit. You know, in the world right now that we're living in, you know, there's there's always wars going on. There's conflict between family members. There's no trust. There's just, you know, that's the, that's the peace that the world has to offer you. With the COVID coming on, there's been isolation. There's so much loneliness, which has led to, you know, just people taking their lives or just, there's just no hope. He, Jesus says, this peace is not as the world gives you. So if we're trying to live our lives in this world according according to its standards, we will only have moments of peace. Most of it will not honor or glorify the Prince of Peace. And then he finally tells us to not let our hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. It's a command. You know, like I said, it's it's so hard to do and you know as you think about it when Jesus was being on when Jesus was on trial and he was standing before Pontius Pilate, he was telling him, Look, you're not even gonna answer me. You know, he's asking him questions and Jesus is just saying there, Don't you realize I have the power to take your life or to give you your life? And what is Jesus just look at him? I mean, here he's been you know, abused and battered and, you know, and and he's telling him, looks, just looks to him and just tells him, you don't have any power over me. You only have the power to do what God says you can do. You know, and here he's just gone through everything that he's doing. He already knows what lies ahead of him, you know, and he's, and he's making true statements. He's living by what God's standards are and living in the truth. That's scary, huh? Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just, you know, he's been our example, and I know that in the midst of our trials, that you know, we want to do what we want to do. It says that we must um, <clears throat> that it's a commandment. We must trust God also in Jesus. His peace is a deposit. It belongs to Jesus. He did that by what he did at the cross. We need to choose his wisdom, which is the truth, stand firm in that truth, and claim his free gift. So we can do that by spending time in creation. You know, all these things are free. We don't have to, you know. I think of sometimes when people are all troubled, it's like, yeah, but, you know, You don't have to worry, you have money, you you have all the things that you need, you know, that's the finance part of it, you know, or, you know, yeah, you don't, your kids are all well-established, they have good jobs, and you know, they're just, there's excuses, and you know, and they're looking to the world, the world standards of what's going on. And so, if we take and we spend time in his creation, being grateful, and meditating, I don't see the meditating on there, but I didn't see it. that's all right. Meditating on the truth of his world. You know, we find that in um, in Philippians four six through to nine. So, so spending time in his creation is reading the Bible and just going out what it enjoying says. his beauty. You know, taking a drive, you know, out in His beauty, you know, with gas prices, I don't know about now. I was going to say it doesn't cost you, doesn't cost you anything, but you know, or just walking, walking around your neighborhood, it's good for you. You're free, breathing the fresh air, just spending time in His creation and being thankful. I get it, just all that He's done, right, all that He's done and made, and that would be the meditation part. You know, yes, you know, I think of Virginia's circumstances. She's going through a lot right now, but she's chosen to come here today and spend it with sisters, and staying in the word, and you know, that's huge. You know, Sharon, you know, trusting and and being joyful in her circumstances. She had to take responsibility, which we talk about, and do the things that she needs to do. You know, we all need to do that. Do what you can do, and... You know, I suffer from depression, and I'm sitting at home, Yet I haven't been responsible in doing the things that I need to do, picking up and, you know, cleaning that bathroom and doing my chores that I have at home. And then it's like something hits me, you know, and then it's like not only am I hit with that trial, but not taking care of my responsibilities, and that's where I get into depression. And it says that we can't do this on our own strength, you know, that, again, like I said, his work at the cross and believing in what Jesus has done for us, it's the only way that we can do it. And yes. we have to... Okay.
4: You mentioned uh, Philippians 4, 6. Because mm-hmm. I have it here. Oh, great. Uh, that, was also, great. that was what my, I brought into the study. So. All through
2: 9? Nine, through nine. Well, I
4: did 6 through 7.
2: Okay. Do
4: you want me to read it? Yes. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in single maybe it's important by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus So I, I, I through
2: 7 Sharon will you look up 8 and 9 on your phone please and so Kathy I'm sorry <laughs> what am I looking at Philippians 4 8 through 9 she was telling us, you know. Really, will you read it one more time, Virginia?
4: And I have it right here, so I can do it. Okay. So, so six was, don't worry about anything. And this is, I don't know what version. Christian Standard, CSE. Okay. Um. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned. do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you
2: okay so it was talking about how we're supposed to do it by you know no worrying asking with petition and then he tells us why so that our hearts will be guarded which leads me to Ephesians Ephesians And that would be... It's putting on the full armor. Ephesians 6.11 You know, taking our righteousness, our standing, you know, because we've accepted what Jesus did for us. You know, when we want to take and explode... You know, you, we never saw Jesus getting all bent out of shape. You know what I mean? His, Except It's the like, right, uh, okay, yeah. at, the, at the temple we did see it, yeah. which was righteous which anger. Righteous. Yeah. You know, and it's okay to do that. I think he gave us that example of a righteous anger. But, you know, but because we're not getting our own way or because we're being selfish or, you know, and then it tells us to put on our, our, our shod our feet with peace and put the belt of truth on. Do
4: what to your peace? Put,
2: put the shoes of peace on you.
4: Oh. And that's the gospel of peace, yeah. Right. So this morning, I was just in my prayer time, um, I was putting on the whole armor of God, and, and I thought about it a little bit different. Salvation. Calumet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet of uh, gospel of peace. And anyway, I just thought, you know, that's Jesus. All we'll those things are Jesus. Yeah, because those are all characteristics of Him.
2: Anyway. Right, and then it goes on to tell us if we don't do those things, then we're setting ourselves up for the, the attack because it tells us that we are going to have trials in this world. So would anybody else like to see anything that they observe from those verses? What is the don't live in the past? Well, that's where we come into believing the lies. We're believing the lies and not the truth, the little tape recorder that goes off in our head that you're no good. You know what I mean? Somebody else has got more. Those are the things I was telling you about. Yeah. But you know?
4: But also the past, like you said. Yeah. Well, let Jesus uh, you know, you're Not living in the past, meaning you're not living all your failures. You're not thinking about all the things you did wrong. You've got to have God forgive you for those, and then move on and not and be better. That's yeah, be better. But yeah, that's that's a good point. Don't live in the
2: past. Right, and then it says we can do all. We can't do these things on our own strength. We have to relinquish control and surrender all of it. You know, and if it takes it time and time again, you know, because the old sin nature wants to creep back up, you know, we we somehow get ourselves ensnared and drag around that chain and ball again. Or try and help God fix it. Right. (laughs) Let me help you with this. Yeah, I'm really good at that. I have experience with this, and it's like, where did that get you last time, huh? All right, does anybody else have any other, Anything?
4: Under the observation, I just wrote, um, this is godly peace and security, and they're a gift from God. Um, They didn't have it already, speaking of of the disciples, or, you know, at that time, they didn't already have it, um, so Jesus is giving it to them. Nothing without Jesus can give us this peace and security. And the opposite of peace is anxiousness um, and, you know, worry But instead of, you know, being anxious and worrying, we need to pray about everything, which is the Mm -hmm. oblivious forces.
2: Okay. Anything speaking to you? Um, Linda? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Well, we're glad you've chosen to come here today and just share with us, you know, your your presence and you know your spirit. I'd like to surrender all. We need to work on that. <laughs> I need to work on that a lot. And how about you, Sharon? Anything? No, Kathy, right. Corley. Said. <laughs> it's
3: like being at my high school reunion. <laughs> All right,
2: ladies, that's concluding our um, scripture for today. And I, again, thank you guys for coming and sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you.